This is Talking Pictures. Hello and welcome to Talking Pictures, your essential guide to the movies with me, Frida Cooper. And there's a decidedly British feel to this week's new releases. A film about the Northern Ireland peace process, a cheeky comedy set on the Isle of Man and the latest from veteran director Michael Apted. It's unlocked. Back inside. Move. All right. Keep calm. No one has to get hurt. Let's not lose our heads. I'll just pop the tally back over here then, eh? Not that you'd care, but I only picked this flat because your parking spot was empty. <laughs> You're robbing it. Well, technically speaking, I haven't relieved you of anything just yet, am I? Sit down. Hands where I can see them. So you can call the police. So you cannot get shot. That's always nice. And Orlando Bloom, who we heard there with Numi Rapaz, is answering the questions in this week's big interview. On DVD, Pierce Brosnan has problems with his computer guy in IT. Plus, there's the new top five at the British box office and the latest movie news headlines. And this week's new releases start with Unlocked, an espionage thriller from the British director Michael Apted. It's released Friday, Certificate 15, and what we can expect in the way of thrills I'll come on to in a moment, because first it's this week's big interview. Orlando Bloom is in the hot seat, Kerry-Anne McNally is asking the questions, and she starts by wanting to know what attracted him to the role. When I sat down with Michael, our wonderful director, I initially was like, oh, I don't think there's going to be much that I really want to do with this because he was written as a sort of slightly uptight MI5 kind of cookie-cutter sort of a character. And then I realised quite quickly that Michael would be open to sort of anything and up for anything because he sort of was like, look, there's a few, there's a bit more. I mean, there's only a handful of scenes for me in this film, but it's, it's really he starts off as this kind of, you know, sort of slightly roguish wild card and then he turns into... He's a bit of a romantic, he's a bit of a hero, he's a bit has these moments, and then he turns and he's this duplicitous sort of sociopath almost. Um, but he's a guy, he's a man on a mission, he's got information to get, he's a professional, he's going to get it at any cost. And he understands that that's what she is too, you know. And, um, you know, it's a strong female leading role in this, and it was great to support, you know, the world we live in today, and it's like a female born, really, and it was great to support somebody like Numi, who I've always known and loved and she's a mate and she's fantastic in the film she is i was just about to bring her up we've mm. got to talk about her um what qualities did she bring to set she's completely committed all of the fight stuff that we had which was quite a big chunk of what i was doing with her was was you know she was really up for and into and you know she's a wonderful person to work with on set as well you know she has that great open energy were there any injuries on the set? I hear Numi had a few scrapes here and there. Yeah, I'm sure she probably did. She was, you know, she had a lot of that, you know. I like to do on my own stuff. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I will never forget is having that £150 or whatever it was, Rockweiler charge me down and having just, like, some kind of pad on my arm. We did that in Prague and the the, the animal... Uh, minder, the animal wrangler, was like he didn't speak the greatest English, and he was just sort of going, "Keep your hand inside the jacket," in a sort of Czech accent. And it was, uh, I was pretty like, "Okay, this is going to be because I love dogs, I'm not afraid of a dog, but like uh, that dog was trained to like lock his jaw onto one specific part of my arm." But at one point, I was like, "Well, it, let's just hope it's the right arm." <laughs> that was uh, interesting. 
And I believe you've worked with veteran stuntman Greg Powell before mm. on Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so we obviously enjoy doing all of these action scenes. What do you relish most about doing those? I mean, off the, you know, for me, like the physical aspect, the stunt stuff is all part of the character. And I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie anyway. But I love all of that. It's a great way in and it's a, it's a fun thing to be able to do. So if there's anything that can't be done, I'll fight for it until I can do it. Well, good on him for fighting for what he wants, but I just wish he'd fought for a better film. The plot, such as it is, concerns a former CIA interrogator, that's Rapace, who's working undercover in London. She's reluctant to go back to her old job because last time she didn't manage to unlock a suspect and the result was a terrorist attack. Dozens of innocent people were killed and she feels guilty. But the prospect of a likely chemical attack on London draws her back in, under false pretenses as it turns out. So now she has to track down who's really behind it. And if all that sounds familiar, that's because it is. We have been here time and time again. And the sad truth about Unlocked is that it is forgettable subspooks tosh. On paper, it has plenty going for it. Michael Apted, for one, a decent enough cast. Alongside Rapace and Bloom, there's the likes of Tony Collette and Michael Douglas and John Malkovich for a touch of Hollywood appeal. But judging from her sour expression, Rapace knows very well that she's tangled up in a mess of a film. And if the poster points towards Bloom being her right-hand man, don't you believe it. He doesn't have a particularly big role, and he's also the least convincing ex-Marine you've ever seen. Only John Malkovich attempts to breathe some life into the leaden dialogue by going right over the top, but at least he's trying to up the entertainment stakes. The whole thing is just another bog-standard spy yarn, making use of the current terrorist situation for its own ends. There's no suspense, no tension. We really could not give a monkeys about any of the characters, and you can only assume that the cast just took the money and ran. So forget Unlocked. It's not difficult. You just lock it up and throw away the key. On to something that plays it for laughs deliberately. The outrageous world of Mindhorn. Ah, the head honcho, El Honcherino, the big cheese. You look familiar. Did we golf? No. I actually wanted to talk to you about the press conference. I'm willing to front that. We could co-host, but I'm camera trained, and sometimes in these things police can come across as a bit weird and sweaty looking. Mr Thorncroft, you are aware of the seriousness of the situation. Big time, yes indeed. We'll hash out the details of that later. Is there a dressing room? Ah, a man of real tact and diplomacy. Julian Barrett getting right up David Schofield's nose in Mindhorn. Released Friday, Certificate 15. And if you remember all those spy and detective series from back in the days when there were only three or four TV channels, then this one is definitely for you. It's also for you if you're a Mighty Boosh fan, because Barrett's written it along with Simon Farnaby, and Sean Foley has escaped the theatre for a while to direct it. Mindhorn, according to the movie, was the second most popular TV series to come out of the Isle of Man, and at the centre of the film is the actor who played him, one Richard Thorncroft. But it's 25 years later, and he's washed up and living in Walthamstow. And then the police on the Isle of Man want him to help out with a case, and it brings back all sorts of memories, mainly to do with his ex and his one-time stuntman. Now, the storyline is joyously bonkers, although it does rather struggle at times to maintain that level of silliness for 90 minutes. But that does give you time to rest your chuckle muscles until the next comedy onslaught. 
It's not without flaws, though, and actually, one of them is Thorncroft himself, who does seem to have all the social ineptitude of one Alan Partridge. Just to double underline it, Steve Coogan himself appears as Thorncroft's old adversary from the original Mindhorn series. He went on to have his own TV show. That was the most successful one ever made on the Isle of Man. But you know Julian Barrett is still a hoot, complete with a dreadful syrup, awful 1980s clothes and a shocking paunch. The film itself is cheeky, irreverent and has its tongue firmly lodged in its cheek. So even though it can't keep the laughs going all the time, you will come out of the cinema with a smile on your face because it is just one big giggle. Up next is a smaller film on a much more serious subject. This is The Journey. You are being asked to betray your tribe. And I've been asked to betray mine. That's all. How can we even contemplate doing that? Hmm? <laughs> what? That's the first time you've said we. Timothy Spall as Ian Paisley and Colin Meaney as Martin McGuinness, making a small but significant breakthrough in The Journey, released Friday, Certificate 12A. The setting is 2006 at the power-sharing talks in St Andrews, designed to bring an end to the troubles that had blighted Northern Ireland. They need a breakthrough. And when Paisley has to return home, he has a travelling companion, Martin McGuinness. It's a one-off chance to change their country forever. The road trip and the film's title is an unsurprising metaphor for what happens to the two men and Northern Ireland itself. The two make halting progress in the car taking them to the airport and initially appear to live up to their public images. McGuinness, the consummate politician, Paisley entrenched in the past and digging in his heels until he shows that he's human and he's getting old. His passing years hang over him as the film progresses and there's a real sense that life is just too short. Both Timothy Spall and Colin Meaney really deliver in their roles. Spall has the showier one, but it's also the one that comes complete with the audience's preconceived notions. So he has to do more to give us a sense of the man behind the public image, and that's exactly what he does. But at the same time, Meaney is not overshadowed by his co-star. The two are well-matched as adversaries and in their performances. This isn't, though, the two-hander that it sounds, because keeping an eye on the pair through a camera in the car are the Secret Service, headed by John Hurt, and Prime Minister Tony Blair. Not Michael Sheen for a change, but Toby Stevens, who creates an ingratiating, seemingly indecisive politician with a real killer instinct when it comes to getting what he wants. Now, this, of course, is one of John Hurt's last roles. And as the head of the Secret Service, who's seen it all before, he also carries a sense of life being just too short. The journey leans heavily on its two leading men, and they are the main reason for watching it. You know it's going to be a bumpy ride, but you're certainly there for the duration. You're listening to Talking Pictures. On to this week's DVDs, and actually there's only the one. This is IT, with Piers Brosnan allowing his company's freelance IT guy into his high-tech home. Bad move, because you won't be in the least bit surprised to know that he tries to take over Brosnan's life. Yes, it really is that predictable, and instead of taking us somewhere interesting, it just keeps buffering. 
This is Talking Pictures. This is Talking Pictures. This is Talking Pictures. With Frida Cooper. And that's this week's lineup. My film of the week is Mindhorn. Hey, you've got to have a bit of silliness sometimes. And while it looks on the surface to be something of a cult classic, I'm hoping that the box office will come calling as well. It's calling right now, because here's the new top five at the British box office. No real surprises at the box office this week. In fact, there's just one new entry, which means that the other four have moved down one place. So, their finest is at number five, Beauty and the Beast at four, The Boss Baby in third place, and Fast and Furious 8 has been knocked off the top slot. And the film that they've all made way for? It's the new number one, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Now, repeat back what I just said. I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm good. That's right. I'm good. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone! In this week's movie news headlines, every single home in the real Manchester-by-the-Sea in the States is getting a year's free subscription to Amazon Prime. Jeremy Renner is swapping his bow and arrows for a six-gun because he's been cast to play Doc Holliday in a biopic of Wyatt Earp's best bud. And the latest rumour about Bond 25 indicates that lucky number Slevin director Paul McGuigan is being seriously considered to take the helm. And that's all from this week's Talking Pictures. On next week's show, Jessica Chastain is just a little bit single-minded in Miss Sloan. The end is my concern. You liberal goody-goodies can fret over the means. You need me. On DVD, it's tissues at the ready for A Monster Calls. So I'll be back with another edition of Talking Pictures next week. Until then, enjoy the movies. (laughs) 